Good evening, everybody. This is Bubba's Bodyguard Podcast, available on all major podcast platforms. Today, I'm blessed to have Madeline Adler along here with me. She is a real renowned bodyguard. Uh, she has been blessed to travel all across the realm uh, in her profession. She's also a dog trainer for a long time, uh, handling working dogs, executive protection dogs. And also, she is a Krav Maga instructor. Madeline, how are you doing today? I'm fine. Um, all good. We have a little storm. I'm, I live on an island in the Mediterranean, a small island, and we have a little storm. But uh, the wife is working, so all good. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad to hear you're doing well. And, you know, may everything be safe during the storm. Take us through a little bit about yourself and eventually how you get started into becoming a bodyguard. Mm, yeah, so I, I grew up in Stockholm, in Sweden. And... Um, um, I spent more time with my father and my uncle being in our hunting cabin in, in the nature uh, that we have outside Stockholm. So I wasn't so much with my sister and my mother. So, and I, I just loved the, the whole atmosphere of, of being in that environment. So I kind of grew up with men around mm-hmm. me more than women. Uh, I guess a bit to my mother's disappointment, I became more of a, of a uh, I have kind of a male personality, uh, but yeah, I, that's how I am. And um, it, uh, I'm very thankful that uh, it has taken me to where I am today. Absolutely. And we'll get right into things as far as your encouragement uh, to other young ladies, to other females that Maybe one day they're looking at pursuing a a career in the security sector or they want to be a bodyguard. What is your strong encouragement to them? Um, I think it's important to know um, that they find out uh, first that they really want to do what this job means. Because it's, as you know, it's nothing what it seems. Right. And that they make that they kind of know because I didn't know what type how many different type of clients it was to work for and I think it's good to know what kind of clients you want to work for uh, already from the start uh, instead of finding out the hard way like I did so uh, and once they have decided this is what I want they're going to have to train harder than the men because as a woman, you need to prove yourself all the time. Uh, it takes a long time for us to get uh, accepted in the industry uh, and we have to prove ourselves. I still have to prove myself uh, all the time. So courses and seminars and more courses and seminars. Absolutely. And you touched on something there. Uh, you touched on the importance of training and not just uh, you know, a one-time thing, but to continually be in the environment of what you're training and, uh, you know, keeping up with your martial arts and keeping up with, you know, whether firearms or, uh, you know, close protection tactics and all the other things that go into uh, the components of making a great bodyguard. How important is that to that we continue to advance in our training? I think it's everything. And my husband has been a bodyguard for 25 years. Wow. But he goes to seminar every year. Uh, he still do courses, and his his motto is, "We are always students. Every day is a school day, and in this job, you're you're never like finished, or you you always have something new to learn." 
And I think it's important that we all meet. So we have a seminar every year, uh, bodyguards from all over the world. And we do a Krav Maga training camp together and we share uh, stories, uh, what happened, and we learn from each other. And uh, I think this is very important to continue the training, not just take a few courses. And when you have the license, you think, oh, I got this. Uh, because, of course, it's a lot of money, but I think this is doing seminars and courses is what's keeping us and, most importantly, the client safe. Uh, absolutely. And uh, very well said there. Talk about your Krav Maga, uh, Krav Maga experience. You know, how long have you been doing that and um, where where are you kind of at now in your instructor stages? Uh, so I'm uh, an instructor. I, I can't instruct civilians. My husband is both uh, civilians and police and security uh, personnel, but I'm only licensed to, cr- uh, to train uh, security and police, so I'm not a civilian Krav Maga instructor. So I started training Krav Maga because my husband um, wanted to keep his wife safe, of course, but right. then I felt, I felt very passionately about it, and I just continued, and we we'll probably talk about the reason why I am uh, um, uh, involved in, in this uh, Bodyguards Against Bullying. So I was fighting a lot uh, when I was younger. And uh, I think I have this fighter heart. So for me, Krav Maga is, is the perfect... Um, is, yeah, it's just the perfect method of self-defense. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, you know... Uh, as we all know that you, uh, you know, you do the amazing work with the working dogs as well. Uh, describe that experience, you know, training the dogs and utilizing them uh, maybe in your details and things of that nature. What is that like? Um, training dogs, uh, it's, for me, it's easy now. I have done it over 20 years. But all dogs are as unique as humans. And uh, but with, with a human, it's easy because you can communicate with, in in a, in a language. But with dogs, you need to learn how to communicate with them. And uh, I now I work with bloodlines, the same bloodlines uh, that I found after looking for many many years. I found in Bosnia Herzegovina, and I work with the same bloodlines since ten years back. Because I know these dogs inside out. So I know how to reach them. I know how to communicate with them. I know how to train them. So I train two different types of dogs. I train dogs for security operatives to use in um, uh, mainly residential protection. But I also train dogs for families that don't want human protection, but they want some kind of protection in their home. Right. And this dog would be uh, a pet that children wouldn't know know that it was a protection dog. It would behave as a pet, but it has the capability to attack if necessary. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, as you touched on uh, early in, in the podcast, you talked about, you know, being an ambassador, uh, an international ambassador with Bodyguards Against Bullying. What has that meant to you to be an ambassador? And also, what are some things you look to that you look forward to with this movement in the future? Uh, I look forward to do anything I can to 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 help anyone in in this situation, uh, no matter what level the bullying is on. 
uh, I have mentioned to Mason a couple of times that um, in work environments, it can sometimes be, there are so many levels of bullying. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, as a, especially as a female bodyguard in the beginning, and you work in a team, you sit in the restaurant after the, uh, the, uh, the day is finished, and someone just say this small thing, just a comment. And I go to the to my hotel room, and I I have a knot in my stomach, uh, and I'm it makes me sad, and I see myself as a strong woman, but it it gets to me, and I think we need to to address these um, bullying on all levels, these small nasty comments, and hardcore bullying like uh, my brother was a victim of. Absolutely. And uh, I appreciate your strong words there. And, uh, you know, just know that we're all behind you. Um, You know, all of us with Bodyguards Against Bullying, we're behind you. We're very proud of you. And uh, you're you're welcome. And we'll go into what has been your proudest moment so far throughout your career. Uh, Obviously, you've had, you know, many proud moments. Uh, You know, you're you're extensive in the martial arts with the dog training and and, you know, in the security sector. What has been your proudest moment? Uh, my proudest moment was I worked for a family uh, for five years mm-hmm. and they have a, a daughter. Uh, she had uh, six bodyguards since she was born. Wow. And uh, I worked for them three and a half years, I think. And they decided that I was head of security for her. And for me, the, it's a royal family. Mm-hmm. For me, um, to be given that position was just, yeah, it felt incredible that they trusted me with their child. Yeah, absolutely. So I still, and, and still work with them and I, I, I just love it. Yes, and congratulations on that. You know, it's very well deserved and um, that's Thank something, you. you're welcome, and that's something you know, uh, that myself kind of, uh, that we have some, some similar similarity in that, um, you know, I've, I've protected families and things of that nature. And, uh, there's no, there's no more proud moment I would say than to, to know a kid is safe. You know, it's one thing, obviously we want to keep everyone with, with the equal level of protection, you know, whether it's Mm. a five-year-old or a a 60 year old, you know, whoever we're protecting, but when you can just see the difference you make in the kids' lives and, uh, you know, to be that positive role model and that positive influence, most importantly, uh, you, you, you know, you can't even really measure that. You can't really put an adjective to how powerful that is. And, um, you know, yes, it, it's it's definitely great. So uh, what have you learned most so far throughout your journey, would you say? Obviously, you're a very knowledgeable uh, person. You have a lot of uh, vast experience. What has been the thing you've learned most? Um that I always have to be uh, switched on. Mm-hmm. There is never a moment where I can um, relax when I'm working. I can't. I have to stay switched on all the time. It's so. It's all about thinking on your feet. Uh, we do all the courses. We know everything. Uh, how to do uh, all the drills and and uh, the protocols, but. Mm-hmm. It's m- mainly about fast thinking, acting fast and stand by your decision uh, once you've taken it. Uh, absolutely. And what is the importance of mentors, um, you know, whether it be uh, your partner, 
kind of mentoring you or just other people in the security sector? You talked about Mason and things of that nature. How important are mentors? I think it's everything. Without them, uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I, I have so many questions and, I, and also I think we need to ventilate sometimes and ask did I, did I make the right decision here what would you have done mm-hmm. I had a split second I made this decision uh, would you have done the same because I'm not sure uh, so I think to, to ventilate and ask for advice from those who are more experienced I think this is absolutely essential Absolutely. Early on, we talked about your encouragement to uh, the younger generation of, of females that want to get into the bodyguard game or maybe the security sector. What would your encouragement be to somebody that is currently in the security sector that is a female and, um, you know, they they not only want to do, uh, you know, do the great work in the security field, but they want to really excel. What is what are some important things that you would pass along to them? If they really want to make it to the elite level, if they want to be very reputable, if they want to um, get that respect, what is your encouragement? Uh, for me, uh, it was I met like I met all the uh, uh, famous, well-recognized bodyguards mm-hmm. in residential security, and uh, I think uh, it's important to accept the tasks that are not like the most amazing position, the most well-paid positions to be seen. Right. And by the the well-known bodyguards as uh, Maison and everyone, because uh, if you're if you're doing residential security, the mm-hmm. bodyguards will see you every day, and they they notice more than we think, and they observe and they see, oh she she is something extra this one. Let's try her. Let's let's bring her on this one task and see what she goes for. So I think we have to because most of us we don't start as bodyguards in close protection mm-hmm. uh, after a course we have to to it takes a long time to build up so i think we have to say yes to the tasks that aren't that cool aren't that well paid just to be seen to uh, show uh, what we have to deliver what we have to offer and our loyalty and uh, devotion to the job Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it really just takes one opportunity to get yourself in the door or to uh, prove your worth. And, and you know, uh, I, I agree with you. And um, what are some places that you've been blessed to travel to uh, throughout your workings? Uh, yes, I, I travel a lot to the Middle East mm-hmm. and I absolutely love the culture. And since my many of my clients live there, uh, Saudi Arabia is is probably the the country that's like closest to my heart. So I go there every year now. And but I've been all over the Middle East, Lebanon, Egypt, Turkey. Turkey is not Middle East, but uh, mm-hmm. those kind of countries. In Europe, I work in Ibiza, the party island in the Mediterranean where I live, where I'm based. And uh, around the Côte d'Azur, uh, Monaco, Nice, Saint-Tropez, all these party destinations. So I work a lot with, uh, yeah, absolutely who go on holiday. <laughs> yeah, so we, we touched on your favorite, uh, you know, um, on your, you know, places that you've been able to, to visit. Do you have a favorite food when you're traveling? Um, <laughs> favorite food? Um, yeah, I have a lot of favorite food, but when I'm working... I try to stay away from food poisoning. Right, so right. uh, it's not always what I want. I choose what's most sensible. So I'm quite boring in that aspect. 
Right. <laughs> uh, but Ar- Arab- Arabic food is my absolute favorite. But that's, uh, yeah, the whole buffet, that's for when the task is finished. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, when, you know, when you're utilizing the working dogs, take us through an experience, um, kind of describe that. And, you know, to those that may, uh, you know, may be listening to this, that, you know, maybe they're not based in the security sector, or maybe they haven't utilized dogs in protection, or maybe they don't have a personal protection dog in their home environment. What is it like when you're utilizing these dogs on a security functioning detail? Yeah, so when I work residential security with my dogs, mm-hmm. is it's like they are working and I'm the, I call myself, I'm, I'm just the assistant. Right. Because the dog, the dog is much more capable than me in hearing, observing. Uh, when anything, we have been teams of, of 10 uh, bodyguards, but the dog will always hear everything before us. Uh, and they, uh, the dog alarm that there is someone coming close to the premises. And then I put the dog in in uh, in German. Uh, it's Achtung, which is a preparation command. And from that command, it can go in any direction. It can be a friend who forgot the key, who is trying to climb the gate, and he's of course welcome. But the dog is prepared for anything from that command. If it's someone that's not welcome, we can go as far as the attack command. But that 99% of the time won't happen. Because when a criminal see a big Rottweiler, they back off and they, they, they just run. Absolutely. <laughs> and what, what is the biggest misconception about females in the security field? What would you say is like the biggest myth or the biggest thing that you've continually proven others wrong about? Um, that you need to be uh, big, uh, of big size, that you need to be, that you ha- need to have the look of a bodyguard to be up to the task, that, uh, that you, uh, if you don't look like a big bo- bodybuilder, super tall, you're not going to be capable of handling uh, a situation with big mm-hmm. guys. And this is also why I have trained with my husband. He's double my weight, uh, super tall and quite yeah, heavy. It's not amazing uh, to, to train with him. Right. But I know it makes me... Um, I can't say that I can protect others against threats with Krav Maga if I can't take down someone of the size of my husband. So this is why I've chosen to train with big guys. Absolutely. And... Do you have uh, a favorite, uh, maybe quote, or uh, you know, maybe a scripture, or is it something that you, uh, you know, that you keep close to you uh, in your workings or uh, in the back of your mind? Do you have any uh, anything that you continually look at? Maybe it was a mentor passed on to you, or uh, you got it from one of your seminars, or anything like that. Do you have anything of that nature? No, I think uh, what we uh, we keep keep saying all the time is like every day is a school day, always a student, uh, to keep an open mind and, and just absorb and learn things and pick, pick up uh, from those who are better than you. Because there is all, will always be bodyguards that are better than yourself. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's important to, you know, you as you touched on continually in, in the uh, the podcast, you have to be in the, the state of 
constantly growing, constantly evolving, whether it be training, uh, you know, receiving information from your mentors, knowledge from them, wisdom, experiences. Uh, you know, when you do that, you, you, uh, you know, that sky isn't the limit. You can go above the sky and exactly. uh, you, know, you, you can, you can always uh, be evolving as a person in your profession and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and and don't be afraid of of asking for for constructive criticism, because I, I want that. And I respect and I, I know that they they know the job well. I I want them to be brutally honest with me. Just tell me, and I will. I have to change. We have to change. We do th- some things wrong all the time. Everyone does. And we have to be good at taking this uh, criticism uh, and uh, and change and adapt, because Absolutely. all environments with all clients they are so different. To to work in the Middle East with royalties is one thing, and uh, two months later I'm in the in a club filled with party people in Ibiza, so I'm gonna have to be like a chameleon, and that's a job. Absolutely. And uh, you, you touched on something very important uh, with, with what you just said, you know, that we don't let things get in the way of, of us, you know, of our full potential of being great. So when somebody gives us some information or they say, hey, you know, um, uh, you know, maybe it's coming from a master instructor. It's coming from uh, somebody who's an elite uh, bodyguard and they and they give you some words of advice that we don't let our pride and ego get into the way of things. Um, and, and that's so important uh, that we are constantly in in the uh, environment of, of, you know, that positive change should always be welcome in our life. It should always be welcome in our working environment, uh, in our training environment, all of those great things. Uh, touch on uh, the importance of being able to uh, de-escalate things and to have a critical soft skill in this field. A lot of people think it's all about firearms and size and yeah. strength and, <laughs> and things of that nature. But talk about how important it is to most importantly, have your mind, uh, your heart, you know, your eyes, your, your mouth, your ears working. Most importantly, those are some of the most important weapons that we utilize. How, how important is that? Yeah, I think that's everything. The soft skills are because uh, this is something I think the courses need to be better at the soft skills. The hard skills, they are quite easy to learn, mm-hmm. but to have like um like a sense of of a situation and um, growing up in the nature, hunting with my my uncle and my father uh, to listen for sounds to I, I think it it helps my senses to grow. I I can almost feel when something is about to happen, and with experience that will come. And I think we we have to listen to that and we have to. Um, be very humane and uh, I, I often think about scenarios what if this happens what do I do if this happens and then I check with my mentors would you do the same what would we do and this is what I think the seminars are good for that we can uh, paint uh, different scenarios what would we do in this situation because there are so many situations that will come up that isn't covered in the training absolutely and there is no correct answer so we have to discuss it and come to a maybe not perfect answer but good enough right right absolutely and 
you, you talked about, uh, you know, providing, uh, you know, security to whether it be royal families, to be children. What are some, uh, you know, challenges um, that you you may face, um, you know, when you're, you're in these uh, certain environments? You know, you touched on uh, sometimes you'll be in a party environment. Sometimes you may be in, in Middle East with, with clientele and, and different things. Um, what is so we'll talk about a challenge what are some challenges that you are uh, faced with? And, uh, you know, you don't have to get into much detail, but what is uh, the, the, the top thing at your mind when you're, when you're faced with a challenge, uh, whether you're close protection or on a security detail, whatever it may be, what is the top thing at your mind that, um, you know, that, that you go through, uh, you know, in, in a challenging moment? Uh, for me, I can just take an example. For me, when mm-hmm. I started to work for a royal family, it was so much etiquette and, and protocol and things I, I had to think about, like, like not turning my back towards any any one of the royalties. And they were, there are many, uh, so it's not easy to, to think about all that. And mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the way I dress when I'm there, it's also not... Um, it's very different from being in a in a nightclub in Ibiza. So um, to both do my job whilst I'm following the perfect etiquette and protocol of being in a royal environment, it was kind of intense, but it got easier after maybe two years. But it takes time. Uh, in the clubs in Ibiza it's difficult because you can't hear anything what anyone is saying because music is too loud so you have to communicate with hands you have to read your clients so it's um, I suggest um, we need to be comfortable in all environments and to if we can't, of course, people can't just go to a nightclub depending on where they live, but be comfortable in any environment and be prepared to work in the most chaotic environment and also the most silent environment because sometimes it's necessary to just be invisible and don't make one noise. Absolutely. And you, you kind of uh, are, are leading into my next question I have for you. So respectfully, as a female, is it oftentimes where they may say, hey, we want to utilize you as kind of our, our you know, secret weapon or somebody that, you know, we we want we want to kind of have you as the discreet person on the detail. Is that where you're often found to be in that role where you can blend in? Uh, yeah. more easily uh-huh. I'm usually the, uh, I'm usually used and I'm very comfortable with this I know mm-hmm. other females are not and that's totally cool but I am uh, I'm often sitting next to the principal at the dinner table and I'm very okay with that because um, I have the look uh, that so it, it, I make sense at the right. table and I'm if if my boss tell me to dress in any way uh, to blend in, I'm totally cool with that. Uh, I have, absolutely, because I think we should be used um, where we are most effective, where where we make most sense. And uh, I'm I'm perfect for that uh, position. Absolutely, 
And how many? Uh, I'm I'm assuming that you speak multiple languages, and if so, how many languages do you speak? Five, wow. so- soon six. Wow! I hope. I hope. Right. <laughs> and and is there one in particular that has been most challenging for you? Arabic. Arabic. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. I don't know if I will ever uh, be fluent, but uh, my my goal is is basic communication. So I, I'm happy with that. <laughs> Absolutely. And l- lastly, um, you know, as, as we get ready to conclude the podcast and, uh, you know, again, it was an absolute honor to have you on here and to get, you know, a, a female perspective, of, you know, from close protection and bodyguarding. Take us through what is like uh, in your final words, uh, as a female bodyguard, and then what we can expect to see from you in the near future? Um, oh my God, that's a difficult question. Um, oh, I don't know how to answer that. Um, yeah. uh, in the near future, I will, I will do exactly what I'm doing today because mm-hmm. I, I, I love the position and the clients that I'm working with exactly as it is now. So I hope I'm in the same position in 10 years. Um, Being a female bodyguard, I know I'm going to have to continue to prove myself constantly, even if I'm well recognized. In Mm -hmm. 10 years, I still probably going to have to prove myself. But I'm cool with that. And that's something uh, females, I guess we will have to accept until further notice. I don't know when it's going to change. I hope it's going to change. But I don't count on it. Uh, Absolutely. And... uh... You know, I'll just leave off with this, that, you know, uh, I, I say this with the utmost respect to all bodyguards all across the world and, and all across the nation that, you know, um, there there's females in this security sector that can outperform some of the males any day of the week. So, uh, you know, much respect and, um, you know, much encouragement to you and continue to uh, do the great work that you're doing and many blessings to you. Uh, may you always have great health and uh, be prosperous in all your workings. All right. Mm, likewise and thank you so much Baba for having me I have so yes. much respect for you thank you so much and likewise and uh, you have a blessed day okay you too thank you All so right. much you're welcome bye bye bye